been without it for so long Forgot what it feels like Been in the darkness till you came along Showed me the daylight Yeah Hey, welcome back everyone. It's your boy Eric B. And welcome back to Education with Eric B. Hoping you all learned something new and interesting today. I'm going to be talking about, actually this is a a recording from a presentation I gave. uh, Talking about protein and how protein uh, is essentially like the building block for our bodies and whatnot. Um, As I always say, hopefully there are a few gems that you pick up on and learn a few things about protein and the importance behind it. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions, etc., don't hesitate to send them over my way. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, like it, subscribe, share it, tell your friends, tell your family, share it with your dog or your pet. And I appreciate you all tuning in. Thanks for the support. Enjoy the show. Peace. Much love to you. And now, I'm trying so hard, but I can't shake it, shake it. Ooh, no. Oh, no. I can't shake the memory. I can't fake it, fake it, fake it, fake it. Ooh, you remind me of something. You remind me of something. Something that I used to feel myself. Something that I used to feel like a heartbeat. My name is Eric Mustillo. I'm a registered dietitian, trainer, sport nutritionist, strength coach, all these other cool things after my name over in the clinic. If we haven't met yet, nice to see you all here. If we have met, nice to see you here too. Uh, if you ever do have any questions about nutrition, fitness, exercise, supplements, mindset, habits, etc., I'm always happy to, to help out and answer those questions for you. You could always come and visit me over at the Health and Wellness Clinic, or you can come and take the fitness class on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4.45 if you want to get your fitness on. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about protein. Protein, does anyone know what protein is? Anyone want to take a guess? I know protein is in meats like chicken and turkey. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some nuts as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so protein is essentially a nutrient that it's a, it's a building block for our bodies, right? So without protein, in today's presentation, you're going to see what can happen if we don't have enough protein. The objectives today are to help understand what protein is, why we need protein, the different benefits behind it, recommendations for it, and different sources of protein as well. Does everyone have a printout of the, of the PowerPoint? Yeah? Okay, cool. So you can follow along on there because... I don't know how big this screen is for everyone. Um, First off, we're going to talk about what protein is. Does anyone know what a macronutrient is? So a macronutrient, think macro and micro. Macro is like the bigger nutrient. That's where we get our calories from. 
right? Where do we get calories from? We get calories from food and things that we drink that have calories in them, right? Pretty much anything that's not water or a zero calorie beverage. Now, a macronutrient, again, is the big nutrient. Protein, carbohydrate, and fat. Those are the three nutrients that will contribute to our caloric intake. Everyone following me so far? Yeah. If you have questions at any point, please ask. The only stupid question is the one you don't ask, right? Um, so when we think about macronutrients, we gotta understand that they, when we eat them, they bring with them calories. So everything that we're gonna be eating is going to contribute to our caloric intake for the day, right? Everyone agree with that? Yes, right? So now, we know that the different macronutrients contribute a different amount of calories. For example, protein. When you eat one gram of protein, you get four calories for each gram of protein that you eat. Same thing for carbohydrates, and fat is nine calories for every gram that you consume. Now we also have micronutrients. Anyone want to take a guess at what micronutrients are? Vitamins, yes, vitamins and minerals. Those are the micronutrients. They do not contribute to our caloric intake, but they still contribute to our nutrition. So we have macronutrients on a larger scale, micronutrients on a much smaller scale. Protein, in my opinion, is like the king macronutrient, right? It's arguably the most important one. But then again, that's kind of like case specific, but it's definitely an important nutrient. We have essential and non-essential amino acids. Proteins are the building blocks for our bodies, and I'm gonna go into a little more detail on that. Now, if we look at amino acids, amino acids are what make up proteins, right? So amino acids are these little things that make protein into essentially what they are so that they could function in our body. If you were to completely break down a protein, which is what happens when you eat it, it breaks down into amino acids so that our body can then use them. What does essential mean? Necessary. necessary. We have to consume it. When it comes to nutrition, it's necessary to eat it because we don't produce it ourselves. Just like dogs can produce vitamin C on their own, we can't produce vitamin C on our own. So we have to consume vitamin C as a micronutrient. There are some essential amino acids that we have to eat because our body may not produce them. And then there are some non-essential amino acids that we can still eat them, but we don't necessarily need to eat them because we can produce them. So if you were to look at different sources of protein, you'll see that some of those sources are complete proteins and some are not complete proteins. Something is considered a complete protein when it has the essential amino acids that we have to consume, okay? And I'll give some examples of that in a minute. Sources of calories, as I mentioned, when you eat protein, you're taking in calories, right? Made of amino acids, as we've already mentioned. Now, the cool thing about protein, and I'm gonna teach you all something if you haven't already learned this. Does anyone know what the thermic effect of food is? No, so thermic effect of food is the calories that are burned by processing the foods that we consume. All right, so we all know that we're burning calories. Just sitting down here, watching me walk back and forth and move my hands and all this stuff, you're burning calories because, well, you're alive. If you weren't burning calories, your metabolism wouldn't be working and you would also be dead. 
None of us are dead, right? We're all alive. I'm just burning a little bit more calories than you all because I'm up here walking around, moving my hands, talking and saying all these things. Now, how many calories we burn in a day depends on us, depends on our height, our weight, how much muscle mass we have, how much body fat we have. All these things play an important role in how many calories we burn. The thermic effect of food is how many calories we are burning in a day by processing the different foods that we eat. Absorption, digestion, right? Everything costs our body a little something. Protein is the nutrient that burns perhaps the most calories upon processing it. So have you ever heard of negative calories? Yes. You've heard of that? I'm sorry? Cucumber. So cucumber, celery, all these things. Wishful thinking. Negative calories do not exist. So, but what does exist is having a higher thermic effect of food. So, just to kind of help you understand, protein has about a 30% thermic effect of food. That means the calories that you get from protein foods, it's going to cost your body about 30% of those calories to fully process that food. Now, if you think about that, okay, if I eat 100 calories worth of protein, that means that my body is going to use about 30 calories to help break down, fully absorb, and digest the protein that I just ate. But that still leaves us with 70 calories, right? So there are no negative calories, but 30% is just about the highest amount in a food, right? Another high one is fiber. So that's why protein and veggies are never a bad idea. I always say it, when in doubt, protein, vegetables. I'm worried I'm gonna go eat at a restaurant. Cool, you can get protein and vegetables just about at any restaurant, right? If we focus on that and we're looking to maintain weight, if we're looking to maintain muscle mass, if we're looking to lose weight, we can use protein as a go-to. Fiber also burns about 20 to 30% of the calories, so thermic effect of food is about 20 to 30. If you look at fat, it's somewhere around like 3%. Right, so not that much is getting expended when we're consuming fat. Carbs also isn't all that high, except fiber. Fiber is a carbohydrate, but carbs are maybe around eight, or I'd say at most 10%, that's being kind of generous. So protein will burn more calories just by consuming it, but remember, there are no negative calories, right? Just protein across the board. Now, different ones will differ because if you ate a steak, steak is protein and fat. If you ate a plant, that's protein. Like if you had beans, that's protein and carbohydrate. So some starch and some fiber as well. So you have a mix of everything that's going on with breaking that down. Any questions so far? Have I lost anyone yet? Does anyone want to fall asleep right now? No? Good. Why do I need protein? Why do you think you need protein? Without looking at your paper. To function. To function. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Energy. Okay. Now protein, we may not want to use protein as our main source of energy because we want protein to do everything else for our body like muscle, muscle tissue, bones, organs, all of those things that we'll see on the next slide. Build and repair muscle, especially if we're active. Now keep in mind, as we continue to age, we go losing muscle mass, which is why exercise is important. So if you came to my talk last month, I talked about exercise and the importance of that. 
getting out of the chair won't be as difficult if you have more muscle mass, right? But we don't think about that until you sit on a toilet that's too low, right? Um, so now, if you also think about the importance of protein, it helps us repair, 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 repair. Our body has a tendency to break down, break down, break down, break down. If we're eating properly, we're gonna help our body stay in a more recuperative state, and protein helps with that. Now you mentioned energy. Energy is important, obviously, because we need energy to function. We gotta move around, and that's what calories do. Calories contribute energy. But generally speaking, carbohydrates will be like the primary source of, of energy. So the different vegetables that we eat, the different grains that we consume. Uh, ideally, we would just have protein to help us preserve or spare muscle mass, right? We wanna keep our muscle mass. Major component of organs, bones, muscles, immune system, hair, teeth, enzymes, and more. Protein has a role in so many things. All of the cells that are coming through our body, so many things that are happening inside of our body, protein is helping us to recuperate from that, right? It's helping make sure everything stays functioning and intact. It's a key part of our red blood cells. Who knows why red blood cells are important? Anyone want to take a guess? Transport oxygen. Transport oxygen. So red blood cells, if anyone is anemic, what is a symptom of anemia? Zero energy. You feel like doing absolutely nothing. Why? That's because you're not getting optimal iron and red blood cell production and transport to have good enough energy. So getting adequate protein can also help with optimal and functional red blood cell function, right? It didn't make any sense, optimal functional function. Um, satiety, and it may aid in weight loss. Now really quick, I want everyone to stand up, please. And I want you to put your hands up, please. Your hands up, your hands up, your hands up. Good, thank you, very good, very good. And I'll put them down. And I'll put them back up. And I'll touch your head. And I'll back up over here. And I'll put them by your side. And I want you to go up and down, just like this, like little flutters. Move it around, looking good, looking good. Keep on doing it, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Michael Jackson. Who, who, keep on doing this, but I'm gonna ask you all a question that has nothing to do with this. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. Who do you think was more popular in the world? Muhammad Ali or Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson? Yeah. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, Ali. Anyone else? It depends on what, what era. You know, just, I guess in general, like overall, who has the most popularity? Jackson? Jackson? Yeah, yeah, but you know, he was like such a revolutionary and all these things. And, but I would agree. I, I, my friend said Muhammad Ali, but I said Michael Jackson. Everybody knew who he was. Okay, you can stop. Anyone's shoulders burning a little bit? A little bit? Maybe you weren't pumping enough? I don't know. <laughs> okay, go ahead and have a seat. Yeah, you need some weights in your hands. But yeah, I also said Michael Jackson. I, mean, I don't know. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, so as we look at this list on here, 
Now, I'm going to kindly slightly disagree with the recommendations on the chart based on recent studies that I've kept up with and whatnot. Remember, nutrition is a science. There are always studies being published and put out. Um, so these numbers, although they're not bad or wrong, I tend to use a different, a different range. Now, there's a quote on the top. It says, while protein is critical in building muscle mass, what else is critical in building muscle mass? Anyone? Lifting weights, resistance training. More is not necessarily better. Although, so you see, while protein is critical in building muscle mass, more is not necessarily better, right? But we know very well that less is damn sure not better. They just don't say that in the quote. I'm saying it myself. This is an addendum to the quote. <laughs> Simply eating large amounts of lean protein will not equate with a toned body. Toned meaning like muscle definition. With a toned body. This was from the website eatright.org. That's like a dietitian website thing. So simply eating large amounts of lean protein will not equate with a toned body. Can anyone tell me why? You're not working the muscles. Eating protein, duh, is obviously not gonna help you build muscle unless you're stimulating your muscle mass lifting weights, doing some type of resistance training, which we should be doing until the day we die, or like I always say, until the day we stop caring and we're 97 years old doing hallucinogenic drugs and whatever, that's up to the 97 year old person. But as long as we're caring about what we're doing and not getting into all that stuff, we should be lifting weights, right? Now, don't do drugs, this is not me <laughs> saying to go do drugs. That was just a little joke. I don't know if everyone got it or not, but anyway. Well, I recorded. Did you? Cool. I'm recording it too because I'm going to put this on my podcast. So, if you look at this, obviously that quote is like, I mean, come on now. Like, we know that. Eating protein isn't necessarily going to make us build muscle. But if we're working out and we start getting a little bit more protein, then for sure it's going to help us build muscle because we're giving a stimulus. That's like trying to get your car to function without giving it gas. Like, how's it going to work if we're not giving it gas? It's the same thing with our nutrition. In this case, you know, how's the diesel truck gonna function without the diesel fuel in it, right? You gotta make sure that you get optimal protein in there so that you can build muscle, or at least stay tone, lean, have muscle definition, whatever word you wanna use, right? So on this chart, they are referencing specific individuals. A non-athlete, which I would also say, they use this for like, not just a non-athlete, but just like, regular individuals not exercising or anything like people who aren't active right i don't think any of us in this room are athletes right do any of us like go out and practice a sport for god knows how many hours every week no right although in my head i'm an athlete right i was an athlete in high school and i never stopped i always kept on training so no one could ever convince me that i'm not an athlete but i know damn well that i'm not an athlete you know as per the definition but anyway tell that to my ego so, a non-athlete or just a non-active individual, 0.8 to 1 gram per kilogram. Does anyone know how to calculate their weight in kilograms? Because you know over here we do everything in pounds. Yes. So the way you would do it is you divide your weight in pounds by 2.2. So if you weigh 180 pounds divided by 2.2 and you're going to get your weight in kilograms. Now, what this chart is referencing is how much protein should a non-active or non-athlete individual 
how much protein should they consume? And the scale or the range is 0.8 to 1 gram per kilogram, right? I would kind of disagree with that and say that they could do a little bit more, right? Especially if these individuals are like the majority of the population, which is not exercising regularly, potentially overweight or obese. As per the statistic, around 70% of the population is overweight or obese. Um, so 0.8 to 1 gram per kilogram. What you would do is you would, again, get your weight. Let's say if you weigh 70 kilos, 70 times 0.8, or 70 times 1. And that's going to be how many grams of protein you should eat in a day. Now, there have been studies that have recently been published showing that we can go higher than this, much higher, especially in active individuals, which is the next one, active individuals. 1 to 1.5 grams per kilogram. The International Society of Sports Nutrition actually has a research, a, a position stand, I guess we could say. And the range that they recommend, which I would agree with, is 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram for active individuals, perhaps even some athletes. Now, keep in mind, these numbers vary on a per-person basis. It's not just a one-size-fits-all. But generally speaking, sticking to that 1.6 grams, even if you're not an athlete, ideally you would be active, right? Ideally we would all do some type of activity, right? We could do something sitting down, we could do something standing up, you could jump in the pool, you could ride, you know, whatever, like all these things, but we would do something that involves some type of activity. Very, very important. And ideally, something that stimulates muscle mass. So if you're getting that 1.6 grams per kilogram, I find that with a lot of people that I've, I've worked with in the past and currently, I find that protein is a nutrient that, can we overconsume it? Sure, especially if we go to McDonald's and get the Big Macs and the Whoppers and the this and Burger King and whatever, we can get a decent amount of protein. However, I find that a lot of folks don't really get an adequate amount of protein. So they tend to get a bunch of other stuff. They tend to get too much fat and carbohydrate and sodium, but sodium isn't really a macronutrient. But if we had more protein, protein helps us stay feeling full, right? Protein will, by helping us stay feeling full, that's what satiety means. Where's the slide? So if you look at this slide, satiety may aid in weight loss. Satiety means it helps you stay feeling satisfied. It's satiating, right? So if you stay feeling satisfied, what are you less likely to do? Eat. Correct. If I feel full, why on earth would I eat? Unless you're just not paying attention, you're a robot, and you just, oh, well, you know, I gotta eat because whatever. But I'm not even hungry. Listen to your body. Protein helps you stay feeling full. Why would it be bad to eat more protein? If you don't have kidney issues, or liver issues, right? Those are contraindications to increasing your protein. Uh, and obviously working with doctor, dietitian, medical professionals and a team to make sure you're going on the right track. It's never really a bad idea to do more protein. So if weight loss is the goal, if weight maintenance is the goal, even if muscle building is the goal, it wouldn't hurt to have a little more protein. I've found that a lot of folks don't get enough protein. When they start making that switch and saying, well, you know what? Maybe I could have a larger portion of chicken breast. 
instead of one and a half cups of rice or french fries, then there we go. We start having proteins and it's gonna help the muscle mass, help us stay feeling satisfied instead of saying like, oh, you know, let me just have more fries or more this or more that. All right, so protein is definitely beneficial. For the athlete, 1.2 to 2.0, again, I would, depending on the sport and the specific athlete, we can probably go a little bit higher, right? I won't get into too much detail on that, it's more of a sport nutrition thing. And then of course, adults over 55, one to 1.2, which I would also kindly disagree with, right? Why, because as we continue to age, we actually need a little bit more protein because we're losing muscle mass. That's why people start getting the body aches and the pains, and the, unless you're working out regularly, you just get like regular soreness. But if you're doing absolutely nothing, or if you're minimally active, and you have all these pains, it's hard for you to get out of the seat. Your posture starts to like, you know, decline, if you will. Muscle helps support our body, our structure, our posture. So by retaining our muscle mass as we age, we'll be more functional as older adults. So I would say it'd probably be safe, again, assuming no contraindication, that we do a little bit more protein instead of the one to 1.2 for the 55 year old population. Studies show it, we need more protein as we continue to age. Why go on the lower end? This 0.8 grams per kilogram, that's a number that was brought up, I don't even know how many years ago, and it's literally seeking to prevent a deficiency. Will you be okay with 0.8 grams per kilogram? Yeah. But why be good when you could be great? Why just prevent a deficiency instead of say, you know what, I wanna be optimal. I want to feel better. I want to make sure that all the things that are in the presentation are functioning well. At least let me do my part and eat adequate protein. Even if you're getting, let's say 1.2 grams per kilogram, that might be a little bit more than what you're used to. Of course, everyone is different, don't get it wrong, but. So just something to think about. So, different benefits. Satiety, right, what does satiety mean? Feel full, Feel full right, we're satisfied. Strong immune system, thank you protein. Build and maintain and repair muscles, thank you again protein. Proper oxygen delivered throughout the body, thank you one more time protein. And it's been shown to help in weight loss and weight maintenance, which is an issue in our country, right? We have a lot of larger individuals, but a large part of that is also secondary to lack of activity. Not enough exercise. Not enough muscle building exercises also. Just think about it, if you have more muscle, because you're eating adequate protein and you're resistance training, what are you, what's less likely to happen? I'm grabbing something and oh man, I wasn't strong enough and it falls on my head, or I hurt my shoulder, or I fell because I couldn't hold myself up. Little things that we don't really think about, but they're important. So now here we have sources of essential and non-essential. This, the slide says fatty acids. It should say amino acids, so I apologize for that typo. Um, animal sources of protein are known as complete protein. As I mentioned it earlier, what does complete protein mean? 
Exactly. It has all the essential amino acids. Thank you. Fish, poultry, meat, milk, yogurt, cheese, eggs. All complete sources of protein. Right? Non-animal sources that are also good sources of protein. Right? We have beans, whether they're black, red, soy, chickpeas. We have nuts, almonds, peanuts, walnuts, cashews. Seeds like pumpkins, chia, flax, sesame, quinoa, lentils, nut butters like almond butter, peanut butter, etc. You can find protein in those foods. Now, this is the interesting thing. It gets a little bit tricky here, but the quality of protein matters. Not all protein is created equal. Okay? Animal sources have a high biological value. That means that our body absorbs them better than non-animal sources, for the most part, right? Let's use, has everyone heard of whey protein before? Yes. So it's like a, uh, the powder that you can find and you can make a shake out of it. Whey protein powder is like perhaps the, the almost like the standard for biological value. Um, for biological value is how well our body can absorb it, right? So it's, it's uh, the absorption of it is going to be about 100%, let's say, for the whey protein. Now, when we're looking at this and we ask ourselves, well, do I want whey protein or do I want soy protein? Keep in mind that soy, as far as how much we absorb, is not as high as whey protein. So we might have to consume a little bit more of the soy protein to get the same benefit of the whey protein as far as its absorption, okay? So that means if whey protein is 100%, let's just say, and I don't remember exactly what the number is for soy, but let's say it's maybe 80 or 85% or 70% from a plant-based protein. You might have to eat a little bit more of that soy to get the same benefits, okay? Now, not everyone is going to eat animal sources because some folks maybe are vegan or vegetarian or they don't want to have it. You can still get a good amount of protein in your beans, lentils, and all of that. I still encourage eating those things too. So different sources and different quantity. You can see an egg will have seven grams of protein. But remember, eggs also have fat in them, in the yolk, right? So it's not just like foods aren't just created like this, like in numbers and on paper. They have certain nutrients that we consume, but it's not just a protein food. Typically, they'll have some protein, some fat, some carb, right, depending on the food. A half a cup of beans, seven grams, one ounce of meat, which if anyone here is eating one ounce and you don't have any issues, as far as like kidney and all that, I'd say, you know, at least jump up to three ounces. Just kind of like a rule of thumb, think about getting I'd say at least 20 grams of protein every time that you eat. And you'll be okay on your protein intake radar. No less than 15, that's for sure. Now, does it mean it's bad if you only get five or 10? It's not bad. But I'm just thinking about getting optimal amounts of protein in your diet, right? And you can see peanut butter, although I would not recommend peanut butter as like just a, a good, as a protein source, I wouldn't recommend it, right? So let's just say, and let's take a look at the calories now, right? If we're looking to maintain our weight or perhaps lose weight, or even if you want to gain weight, we have to think about calories overall. 
First off, first and foremost, calories in, calories out. Very, very important. Now, let me ask you all. If I were to, and you can see right under the peanut butter, six ounces of Greek yogurt, about around 12 to 15 grams of that. There's a brand of yogurt that I often recommend that it's called Oikos Triple Zero. It's a little black container. They have different flavors. I think it tastes pretty good. It has 15 grams of protein, of a high biological value protein, right? It has about six grams of fiber, six grams of sugar, which is nothing crazy, and it's only like 120 calories, right? Then you have peanut butter. That's not really a high biological value protein. Don't get me wrong, you still get eight grams of protein in there, which, cool, we'll take it. But in two tablespoons of peanut butter, you're also getting about 16-ish grams of fat, total of 200 calories. Which one seems to be the better snack if we're looking to perhaps lose or, or control our weight? The yogurt, right? Because it's 80 calories less, it's got seven more grams of protein, and it's got a few more grams of fiber as well. Makes sense. So I wouldn't recommend having just peanut butter as a snack, unless you really like it. If you really like it and you can have a controlled amount, then cool, I say controlled amount because some of us just want to keep on going into the jar. And if you see what one tablespoon of peanut butter looks like, it's sad. If you're a peanut butter lover, it's sad, right? It's like, I don't even know. One serving size being like a golf ball or something like that. Um, so if we're looking to control calories, we've got to think about that. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't have banana and peanut butter as a snack or an apple and peanut butter? No, that's perfectly fine. You're not going to get that number that I said of 15, 20 grams per meal, but that's okay. Like we don't have to stress out or obsess about it because guess what? You could also get 30 grams in a big meal. If you have a little bit of beans and a piece of fish and a salad, you'll probably get close to 25 or 30 grams. That's fine. I just give you that number as like a rule of thumb, you know? So here we have a few different sources and quantities. A cup of milk, seven to eight grams. Uh, although they do sell some milks that have a little bit more, this is just a standard cup of regular cow's milk. Um, there are different brands like that Fairlife milk that has a little bit more protein. There's also a, a nut milk that's the brand is Silk, and it has about 10 grams of protein in it. I'm sorry. I think they also add pea protein into excuse me into that that milk. But yes, I believe it has almond. Uh, I don't remember if it has cashew as well, and I want to say pea protein is added to it too. Um, so I mean, you can see this on your on your list on the, on the presentation printout the egg whites, cheeses, and quinoa, and those things. So now on here, a few suggestions. It's important to have variety. If we really want to stick to something, we want to have variety, ideally. Now, if you're perfectly fine eating the same thing every day, cool, you know yourself better than I do, that's perfectly fine. Self-awareness is huge. So variety would be important, in my opinion, but again, you know yourself, you don't have to. Uh, according to this, and I'm going to kindly disagree with the slide as well, uh, I didn't design it, so. No more than 30 grams per meal or per snack. The idea that we can't absorb 
more than 20 or 25 or 30 grams of protein in one sitting is false. We absorb eventually just about all of the protein that we take in. It just takes time. 20 grams will probably be absorbed faster than 35 grams, but that doesn't mean that the 35 grams aren't going to be beneficial for us. Right? And studies have shown this over time. This, the bullet point under that says consume protein throughout the day. If you're having small meals or meals and snacks or just three large meals, you really want to focus on getting adequate protein. Because, and studies also show this, we want to prevent something called muscle protein breakdown. Which is, remember, our body tends to be in a state of breaking down unless we're giving it something to build itself up, which is nutrition. If we're constantly breaking down, we want to try to prevent that by stimulating, there's a scientific term known as muscle protein synthesis. What that means is getting your muscles to not break down, potentially even build themselves up. So eating protein throughout the day, if you can do every few hours, then great. Now again, don't force yourself to eat, right? Be intuitive, listen to your body more than anything. But if you can eat every few hours, that's what I tend to do, maybe every two or three hours, depends on if I'm hungry or not. But I find that works well for me, for Eric. I'm having something with protein every time, almost every time. Sometimes I'll just maybe have a banana because it was all that I could get or whatever. Hey, it happens. But I'll have myself Greek yogurt with some nuts in there. I'll have even like a protein shake. Uh, it, it really depends, right? But if we're having a little bit of protein all throughout the day, we're preventing that muscle breakdown from happening, which we want to prevent. And then you think about all the other things that it could do. It helps to stay feeling full. We're less likely to snack on the M&Ms at the desk and eat the pastries that they bring to the office or whatever. Cool, if we can control that, then we can control our weight, our energy levels, and all that. Combined with fruit and vegetable, right? You could have yourself an apple with like string cheese or something along those lines. Or nuts and like half a banana. Again, it's not going to be very high in protein, but you're getting a little something. When in doubt, I always say just use a protein shake. You know, convenient, quick, drink it, assuming you like how it tastes. And it could be with water, it could be with unsweetened almond milk. Regular almond milk, it could be with regular milk. It really depends on you and your preference. But just know, if you do it with water, you're not adding any more calories to whatever the scoop of protein says. If you do it with unsweetened almond milk, you're adding about 30 calories, nothing special. If you do it with regular almond milk, about 60 calories. If you're doing the dark chocolate almond milk, you're adding about 110 calories. If you do it with 90%, with 0% uh, uh, skim milk, you're adding about 90 calories in there. If you do it with 2%, you're adding 120 calories. Whole milk, 150 calories, assuming that you use a whole cup, right? So it's important to be aware because again, if we're talking about weight control, calories matter, right? So just something to, to think about. Meal ideas, I'm not gonna go into detail on these because I mean, you can see them on the printout. It's just different ideas of some nice little protein protein containing meals. Uh, let me see, ah yes, here we go. So this is a printout for everyone. It's like a little activity. You have it? Oh, everyone got one of these? Everyone has one? Okay, great. So this is a, an exercise to see how much protein you need. 
If you want to do it now, feel free to get out a calculator uh, on your phone. Yes? I have a question. You have a question, sure. Correct. Okay. Yeah. What happens when you have overweight? If you're overweight, so you could do one when of two things. <laughs> sure. If you so you could do one of two things. One, if you calculate it at your current weight and you are overweight, or at least you're over wherever you want to be, you can still use that number of protein because again, it doesn't hurt to go high on your protein intake, assuming that there's no contraindication. There's nothing wrong, right? What you could also do is calculate it based off of your goal weight, if you have a goal weight in mind. So you can try doing that as well. It's going to be a little bit less protein, but you can do it that way too. So like, let's say if you weigh 140 and you want to weigh 130, you'll do 130 divided by 2.2, and then 2.2, uh, whatever that comes out to be, which is going to be, I don't know, 62 kilos or something. You say, all right, 62 times. Uh, 1.5 or 1.6 because that's the number that I'm going to be active, I'm going to do this and that. Alright, that's how much protein I should be eating. And then, as I mentioned to a lot of people who come in and see me, I recommend downloading an app on your phone that helps you track your meals and your calories, like MyFitnessPal. There's also uh, Lose It. I want to say Weight Watchers also has. There's like a bunch of different ones, right? Whatever's going to get you to pay attention and understand what I, the way I feel about those apps and logging and tracking your meals, it's like potty training for your diet, right? You're not on a diet, you're changing your diet. All diet means is how you eat. So it's like potty training for your diet. Eventually the diaper comes off. Eventually you're not tracking or logging anymore. Which I could see how it could be a pain in the butt. I've done it before myself. I've done it for a couple months straight and you know, whatever, you get used to it because we tend to eat relatively the same so it gets easier to input the foods that you're eating on there. But the whole point of that, like potty training, is to become self-aware. When do I have to go pee? When, am I really hungry? Am I starting to get hungry? Let me learn portion sizes. That's what the whole purpose of using those apps is for. Then once you really start learning that and you become much more self-aware, you can stop using the app and you can just start listening to your body. Because you've learned portion sizes. You've learned that, well, you know what? I've, uh, that feeling, yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit hungry. Let me have a little something now, and it's going to hold me off for the next two and a half hours. The whole point is to really learn your body. It's not just let me rely on an app forever. Because if that's the case, it just becomes another, all right, I did it, it didn't work. I did Weight Watchers, it worked well for me. But I gained all the weight back. Okay, so it worked, but not permanently. You didn't make a habit change. You didn't really reprogram what was up here. Right? Like the, you don't have to have dessert every time that you eat. You don't have to finish everything on your plate. Just try eating a little bit slower. Drink more water. Get more protein. Little things like that. So if you want to do the exercise, you can always calculate your weight divided by 2.2, your weight in pounds by 2.2. And whatever that gives you, you could use the chart that's on there or the numbers that I tend to go off of. This is just the, the Eric scale, if you will. I tend to not go any lower than 1.4 grams per kilogram, but it depends on the individual. Like I said, it always depends on the individual. My typical standard is 1.6. So you can play around with that one for a little bit if you like. And last but not least, 
if you ever have any questions, come by the Health and Wellness Clinic. We're happy to see you over there. I'm happy to answer any questions about, like I said, supplements, nutrition, fitness, mindset, habits, food, exercise, etc. Now, does anyone have any questions for today before I stamp the booklet? Uh, it's okay. Just the main thing is, ask yourself, well, what, what, what are my goals? Like, am I trying to lose weight? Am I trying to maintain? Do I want to gain? Because if we want to lose, we want to make sure that we're not really having a really large snack. Right? The thing with popcorn, there's also not a whole lot of protein in it. But it could be a not-so-high-calorie snack. And it can help you, it can help satisfy you know, your craving or your hunger. So it's not really a bad idea. Just in regards to today's topic, it doesn't really have a lot of protein, but again, that's okay. You don't have to have a million grams of protein every single time you eat. It's just something to be aware of, because some of us, we don't think that. We think, I have to get, I gotta make sure I have enough rice. No, how about you think about your vegetables and your lean source of protein, and then make rice a secondary thing, you know? And you're talking to someone who loves rice. Yeah, it's a high protein diet. It's very over keto, right? Over keto? It depends on the goal. In my opinion, yes, but it depends on the goal. Because the ketogenic diet is, by definition, a very high fat diet, and in turn, a very low carbohydrate diet, and perhaps a moderate protein intake. Can it be beneficial for people? Without a doubt. There are people who can do that for the rest of their lives. It tends to not be a very sustainable type of lifestyle or nutrition regimen, but some people can. Now, as far as being better, I'd say, you know, on what terms? Like what defines something as being better? Because from a protein standpoint, there's not really a definition as to how much is too much protein. We don't really have a definition for that. We know if someone has like chronic kidney disease and those things, it's another story. But for a generally healthy population, there's no definition for it. With fat, we know that fat can affect our cholesterol levels, heart disease and those things, but there are some people who can thrive on a ketogenic diet. I don't typically recommend it. It also comes down to preferences, family history, one's self-medical history. Um, I tend to lean more towards get adequate veggies, get enough protein, and you still wanna get your fats, of course, but just not overdoing it on them. Any other questions? Sure. The building blocks course, I noticed you have the third and the tenth. Is it, will it be the same class? It's going to be the same thing, yeah. yeah. Just on a week from today. Okay. I'll be talking about the, the same stuff. If you want to come out to it again, I mean, by all means, you're more than welcome to come and hang out and see if you learn something else, something new. Um, and if not, on the next one, it's all good. We can hang out. Any other questions? No? Thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm.